0: Welcome to Cats Out of the Basket. My name's Huzzy, as it always is, it never changes. Um, Firstly, I just want to say thank you for for all the great feedback on the first two episodes so far. I was really excited to share Tara's episode with you guys and I'm glad you all enjoyed and got something out of it. It's really, really important. So well done to Tara again. So today uh, I've got another guest with me. Um, His name is Panya. How you going, Panya?
1: Well, how are you?
0: Yeah, not bad, thanks. Not bad. Um, It's another weird case of saying welcome to the podcast, but uh, I'm at your place. Yeah. 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 Good times. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, bit of a drive for me, but, uh, you know, it's what you do because uh, Panya and I make music together. So we're going to shoot off and do that after this. Definitely really keen for that definitely always anyway so i basically know you from high school that's right yeah so how did we get to know each other from your perspective because i know tell the listeners well
1: back in the day you and i were very much into football soccer and uh, soccer soccer yeah (laughs) and uh yeah we played that but you know Mm. And then we kind of, you know, always hung out. It was year nine, year eight, year nine. Yeah, when I came.
0: Yeah, we had a had a bit of a soccer crew. That's it. We yeah. were the soccer crew. Yeah. yeah, had a few a few good mates there, and yeah, man, the 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 games at lunchtime used to get wild. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I think what I liked about it was that um, it really united our whole grade because there was someone from every. Social yeah, group that's right in the, in the soccer game,
1: that's that's it, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But when it hit like year 12, no one really played anymore. No, we didn't, I was ashamed, didn't
0: play sport anymore. No, nah. because at school they, they just wanted you to be academic, so we didn't even get forced to play sport anymore. And I think a lot of people just became really lazy, and we no, just, yeah, that's true. Stopped. Unless, um, you talk
1: to Mr. Moylan, he'll say something different.
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good on you, Moylan. <laughs> How you yeah, going? Moylan. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah, it was it was a, a good time in school. You know, got to know you there and through the football.
1: That's it. Yeah. And it's strange now we're making music because our tastes were so different back then. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah
0: like, what were you mainly into back? Oh, then? Oh, always, always been a hip hop fan. Yeah. Always. Yeah. yeah. And I was into my rock, my metal punk,
1: and uh yeah, fast forward till today, <laughs> and it's starting together.
0: Yeah, totally. Big yeah. change for us. That's it. Mainly for me. It's it's still in your realm a little. Oh, that's bit. it. But you know, now we've got people in America. You know, on on it now. So it's it's getting up there. Yeah, totally. We'll talk a bit more about our music later for on. Sure. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe it's a good time to start with the mysterious golden Chinese random question box. All right. So you guys know what it's about now. So there's a lot of random questions in there, and Panya is going to choose maybe a couple for now. And um, it's the couple. Yeah, one at a time. Yeah,
1: this one's speaking to me. Yeah. So. What's it say? What's the best thing you can cook? Oh, I can, I can cook a lot of, lot of good things. I know my way around the kitchen.
0: Uh, good lad.
1: Oh, best thing I could cook. I think my pasta from scratch, like yeah. the sauce from scratch. I, I make my own pasta, like yeah, with the little bits of chicken breast in it, yeah. and then, yeah, everything from scratch. The sauce, and then for dessert, I make a tiramisu. When usually when I cook that. Oh wow yeah
0: hear that everyone that's dinners on panya that yeah. tonight come for over sure. everyone come over yeah for sure his like address that's, is that's good no no tell no that is that's pretty impressive like uh you know I, i'm very bad at cooking so anything better than what i can do i'm oh, impressed
1: sure. yeah that was a, that was actually a good question that was really you know something. i spend a lot of time cooking yeah. you can see in the background yeah, yeah, kitchen in the yeah, background. That, that's it,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> nah, yeah, thanks. That's one of my questions. Um, you want to choose another one? See, see what else we got in there? Right. In the golden, Jeez. mysterious, random mm. question box. He's opening I it up. I think
1: two. Oh, no, it's just really.
0: Just odd. a long one.
1: What was your dream job when you were a kid? Ah. To be a football player. Okay. Definitely.
0: Are you a football player? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not. No, nah. no. I guess, I guess that that um, you know, it's turned a, a little bit into football chat now. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little in bit a, in a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, w- at what point did you sort of have that idea initially to want to be a football player?
1: Um, well, when when I was growing up in Holland, yeah. um, I used to just play a lot of street ball. Mm. You know, just to get out and about because it's different than here here everyone just kind of went to training and whatnot but yeah every day everyone was always there in in holland playing playing football yeah and um yeah so it was it was just like the the common dream for everyone you mm. know getting paid big bucks to play a game you'd love yeah so it's kind of a no-brainer and yeah. i love to play football it was a street indoor field whatever
0: yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's totally different to to Australia. I think we because we got a big focus on other sports, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't just see kids in the street playing playing no. soccer. No, uh, which no. is it. It's it sucks for for people that are really passionate about yeah. it.
1: Well, not to say that there's kids here that still dream and they don't. They've never you know played a game of street ball. Yeah, but just there, it was just yeah, it was it just happened naturally. It was just you know if you yeah. ask any young Dutch boy and yeah, they would
0: say that. So, yeah. Yeah. I think totally the case in definitely in Europe, South America, parts of North America, Mexico where right. I'm from. Mm. It's definitely like that. You know, you just go out for a walk. There's, there's kids playing all over the place right. and it's, right. it's, if you're into the sport, it's just such an awesome thing to, to just see around you. Like, yeah, it's just amazing. And that's where you get all those really cool stories of, you know, rags to riches football players. That's it. That's it. So yeah. it's a big dream in a lot of countries over there. Okay, so we'll leave the Chinese box for now. Um, yeah, close it up. Don't want any any sneaky things getting in there. Who knows, no. a fly or something. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we'll get to the main discussion topic, uh, but just to ease our way into it. What made you want to open up on this podcast?
1: Well, knowing what your
0: cause was. Yeah. um,
1: Having dealt with these issues that you cover Mm. um, for a very long time. Yeah. And especially after um, what happened last year, Mm. uh, I thought it was really important to. to share my story because mm. no one knew uh, that individual's story mm. and it slid past us all. And I thought, um even though I understand people being withdrawn with these sort of things, yeah, and I then thought, you know what, if I don't do anything or say anything, it won't make an effect. Mm. But if I do put this out there and people do end up listening, uh, maybe we'll give them an extra strategy in order to deal with it so we can probably avoid losses later down the, later down the track. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So wonderful. That's, that's really, really awesome of you to, to, you know, be cool with, with chatting and, yeah. and sharing with. And with uh,
1: yeah, cause I'm not usually an open person. Like about yeah. this sort of stuff, but yeah, um, I'm definitely writing with your cause. So. Yeah, totally. So I'm definitely open, opening
0: up for you now. Okay. So thank you, man. No I appreciate worries. it. No, no, no worries. Um so just so everyone who's listening is aware, uh yeah. you're okay for me to ask uh what was the thing that happened last year that, that you oh, referred um
1: to? one of my uh brother's best friends, which was he was practically a family friend of ours because yeah. he was always over, you know, to so the point where Um, Even if my brother wasn't home, he was still allowed to be in his room Mm. uh, watching DVDs until he came and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And uh, I I usually hung out with him when he came out to uni this way. I played pool with him, you know, all that sort of stuff. And obviously my brother and I are close. I'm close with his friends. And, uh, you know, about a year ago now he committed suicide. Mm. And it shook all of us cuz mm. i don't think anyone knew yeah and um you know like even my brother as close as he was he didn't pick it up mm. and uh you know i it, it yeah it was devastating cuz i've been dealing with this sort of stuff for a while, like for a long time yeah and we none of us had a clue about him and it kind of shook me saying like well, why why did why did it happen to him and not me yet and so that's why I would like to, you know, discuss it. And
0: mm. okay,
1: because yeah, uh, it's important. It's important. Okay. It's, a, it's a big, big issue.
0: Yeah, totally. Like, um, obviously, you were closer to him. I, I we're all from the same community, all right. the yeah. beaches. Um, so I did have connections with him too, not as close as you and even for me it was really hard to to deal with oh for sure i think
1: for everyone when i went back up there during that time um you know i think everyone no matter how uh, you know what the connection they had to him yeah you know they they were still felt by it yeah because absolutely because he was also a, a character in in that yeah. in that community uh, you know oh, yeah. he was involved with a lot of a lot of things and um yeah, it was just it was, and it was weird too because um, I thought that my brother and his friends were always going to be, you know, they were good. I never had to worry about them, mm. and so this was just a shock to it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it it took a toll on me for sure.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that. Points. Uh, maybe we'll discuss that a bit further later mm-hmm. on. It's it's sort of good to to talk about this stuff, and you know. This this terrible thing has happened, and it's sort of driven people to do some some good things as well to maybe right. get some awareness out and sort of maybe prevent something like this happening again.
1: That's that's why that's why I agreed to do this. Yeah, for sure.
0: Thanks, man. Okay, so let's uh, talk about you right now. Um, So how did you first notice there was something not quite right with you? Like what sort of signs did you see? The
1: first time ever um, I had a panic attack was Mm. all the way back in 2004. Okay. Um, I remember that night clearly because it was a big event, so to say. How old were you? I was 12. I just turned 12. Yeah and i remember the day the euro cup was on Mm. and obviously back then you know as i was explaining before with football um we just watched uh france versus england i remember this and i i I don't know exactly why it happened i still don't but it did Mm. and it was a very big one and that's where my my journey probably starts okay and um yeah and I remember going to bed after afterwards um, everything was fine, everything was normal. Then we got to the I got to the point where I was lying down in my bed and I just started to have chest pains and shake
2: mm.
1: and I didn't know why, and I started to freak out as to why um I was having these symptoms yeah and being a twelve year old you know not knowing what's going on. And coming from a traditional background, it was I uh, like you know I didn't know any like if this was a panic attack or or what, whatever I was having. Yeah. I'm I'm still not too sure because I didn't get it diagnosed then. Yeah. Um. But it it seems familiar because like if we'll get to it when I fast forward through the story, I'll I'll know now because then I got told like what the symptoms were and so on and so forth. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I remember just shaking, 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 chest pains. My mind was going like a mile a minute. Um, so I went, you know, I went downstairs to to my parents, you know, and I was like, I don't know what's wrong. My dad just said, oh, i just have a glass of water and go back to bed. So I did like, you know, what, what else am I going to do? Mm. Uh, however, it still didn't go away. You know, this glass of water clearly didn't cure it. And uh, so like an hour later, you know, by now I was shaking for ages. I was getting really tired. I was getting really frustrated. You know, I had school in the morning, you know, like I just wanted to get to bed. Mm. And so when I went downstairs again, uh, my my dad then was coming to bed and he just got very frustrated and just started to hit me. Mm. And, you know, being in that state, And him just saying, because he just thought I was mucking around. But at this point, I was crying. I was like, you know, I didn't know what to do. Mm. And I don't think he knew what to do either. So, you know, and then I just went back upstairs and go, I just have to ride this out. And I remember checking the time, and I think about 4 o'clock of that evening. So it was a while. This lasted a very long time. Mm. I just passed out. And I finally went to bed. And uh, the next morning then I asked my mom, I was like, I'm so tired. I can't go to school today. And she said, okay. And lo- it was lucky too because this was around when it was like the summertime. So school's nearly ended, you know, it's a bit more relaxed. Yeah. But I think if it happened like halfway through the year, like the school year, I mean, it, the, I would have probably had to soldier on to school. So, yeah, because mind you, this is back in two thousand four. My parents had no idea that mental illness was a real thing. Mm. so that's that moment there I don't think I will ever forget i I can't forget shaking for hours on end and not knowing why mm. and not knowing how to calm down and Then, from there on, I kept having chest pains and mini shakes, you know for about the next few months and then it kind of went away. Mm. But those next few months were pretty bad because every time I had panic attacks, you know, and my chest would just squeeze up, um, my parents would just tell me, oh, it's it's growing pains. You you know, you're 12 now, you're going to go through puberty. And I don't remember ever being taught that at school or or even anyone ever telling me like, oh, yeah, I had chest pains when I was, so I knew something wasn't quite right, but I just accepted it. Mm. And, you know, fortunately, it went away. And then it happened four years later. And that's where the big one starts in 2008. That's where it really took a toll on me. Okay. So, wow. yeah. But that's when I first knew something was wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that would have been really terrifying just being being a little kid. It and was getting these physical symptoms. Yes, that you can't explain. And no,
1: and and even now looking back, because I really don't like to dwell on that memory. Mm. I don't really want to get too in depth of as to why it started. Mm. So, but I don't think I can ever forget that. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because that was, it was pretty. You know it was an experience huge deal yeah it was an experience just to put it politely
0: yeah yeah totally well yeah you know it's um it's uh you know just a big experience and you can really pinpoint where it started for you and definitely
1: it came in with a bang
0: yeah yeah totally so um what happened in in 2008 then
1: so surprisingly again, and this is one thing that I noticed is that the Eurocup was on again mm. and this, by this time I moved to the Ukraine. Yeah. So this is after I met you. Yeah. Um, cause I came in like 2007 around there, six, seven to, to Sydney. Right. And then remember how I then left to the Ukraine. You like, disappeared. Yeah. Exactly. I disappeared <laughs> off, you know, the face of Australia <laughs> yeah. and went over there. Um, And it was the summer break, so it it happened around the same time as well. Every Mm. everything was the same, but I was in London this time. We were coming back from for our summer uh, break Mm. back to Australia, and we it was the the first night we got there, and you know my mum was. I I remember the the situation like my mum was really stressed stressed out. You know, because she usually just let my dad handle all the, um, sorry, all my um, all, all the flights and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and so she just like stressed out all the time, and it kind of like I think that energy brushed off onto me, mm. and uh, then we'll kind of like in a in a foreign country and like only heard like really bad things about England, like growing up, because everyone that I knew like from Holland was like a real, real hard kind of kid like they they weren't scared of anything mm. like when i was in holland like if you disrespected them they they wouldn't have a problem like bashing you up yeah. so when i was in that country everyone was freaking out and i was seeing those like similar type of people walking around but you know it, it, it was fine but at the time i didn't know that that's what i knew and um so by the time we got to our hotel room Another attack, exactly like the one how I said before, like back uh, in 2004, Mm. happened. And, you know, I I, I remembered that particular time in that moment, but my mind was still going a mile a minute and I didn't know how to calm down. Yeah. So I was in the hallway of that hotel room or of that hotel, sorry, Mm. and we, you know, I would just be shaking again, you know, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know which room my mum was in because she dropped us off, like me and my younger brother, into our own room and uh, you know, she went to her own. So I just went down to the concierge and I was like, I don't know what's happening to me, I don't know what's going on, and they didn't either, you know what I mean? And they probably never even seen me before. But they would like, you know, they got me down on the couch and they were like, you know, just just you know relax and blah 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 and they've uh actually then um asked what my name was and they found my mum was in the other room so she came down and yeah it, it was just like i couldn't stop shaking Every, no one knew why no including myself mm. you know the chest pains were happening all that sort of stuff and um yeah, then after that, my mom's like, oh, like, stop being so ridiculous, blah, 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 And then when um, she took me to get back to my room, I just had, n- I had no energy by this time to even walk to my room. So it got to the point where I was literally just l- lying on the floor because I was like, I can't keep going. You know, like that was pretty intense as well because it just mm. hit out of nowhere. We just got done traveling. We're walking around the place. I was exhausted. But then I ended up, you know, like when I had a bit more energy, I got off the floor, just made it to my bed, and I and I crashed out. And mm. but then I woke up a few hours later and just couldn't sleep again, and just, I was just exhausted for the rest of the time we were there, really. And it kind of like ruined the holiday. Mm. And but yeah.
0: Well, yeah, it's uh, something I'm getting from this is that. Um, you know, clearly there's a lot of physical side to panic attacks. And, and that probably plays into draining the energy and know, the way you're feeling afterwards. Just Right. Yeah. So that's, that's something really interesting to, to take out of that yeah. for me. Um, so when were you eventually diagnosed?
1: So continuing from that particular story... Yeah. things never got better um, afterwards. Like, for instance, after the one I had in 2004, yeah. it, as I said, it kind of just went away. And, like, you know, I didn't have it like the time that when I came um, to Australia, like when I met you and whatnot. Yeah. But things never got better. And I just kept having these attacks all the time. And I wanted to go to the doctor. And, like, by the time we got back from our summer summer break, um they were happening more and more frequently. Mm. And I just wanted to go to the doctor because I thought if I'm having all these chest pains, my initial thought was I'm going to have a heart attack. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I didn't know what was happening. But yeah. um, And then the after all that, like w- what I was still going through, the um, financial crisis happened mm. in 2008. Now, the Ukraine isn't the most stable country economically as we can fast forward to today yeah so when that particular thing happened yeah things got worse not only at home or in my head the whole structure of the world around me changed Mm. and so it made the country a lot more dangerous to be in and so i had to deal with that with that and my parents never wanted to take me to the doctor. And it finally got to a point where I begged them for months because I kept having attacks. I kept, you know, and I thought if I'm going to have a heart attack, I probably would have had one by now. No one has like the chest pains for months and months and months and and nothing. So Mm. I thought there's something else, that there's something else. And that's what I mean because it wasn't like how I was reacting with people. It was more just I was feeling it physically. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? It was a physical thing, but mm. I couldn't prove it to my parents because, you know, traditional background, if they can't see you're physically sick, you're not sick. Mm. That's just how it was. And my brother had a really bad cough at the time when I went to the doctors and I couldn't go to the doctors there on my own accord. I had to go with my parents. You know, yeah. like here when you're a teenager, I think you can go to doctors, blah, blah, blah. But because over there, like, we had to go to a certain doctor because we're expats. I couldn't go unless I was with my parents. Mm. And then he finally came around and uh, he, you know, like I finally came around to getting to the doctors and yeah, I remember my dad then saying, Oh, your brother's actually really sick. Like what's your excuse? You know? And I, at the point I was really upset that he said that, but I didn't really care because I knew I was going to get better, you mm. know, like, I was, you know, because who knows what it was. Then when I saw the doctor, uh, he was trying to ask me questions, but he saw that I wasn't really open about it because my dad was sitting right there. Yeah. As soon as he told my dad, oh, can uh, can, can you leave the room? I want to talk to, uh, you know, your son in, in private my dad just got up and left. And when he started to ask me the questions um, and and really get to know what was going on, he told me exactly what was happening. He said, this is what's going on. Um, you know, we can try and work on this. Mm. And I was so relieved. I was like, I, I didn't know what was happening. I thought heart attack, who knows, maybe you have diabetes or something who knows like you know this is the time when google and all that was was really getting out there so i just google my simpsons because i couldn't go to the doctor so Mm. um but when he told me what was wrong i was so relieved but then i was kind of like oh now i know i have to work towards something in order to get rid of it Mm. but yeah i was relieved that i knew what it was that that someone could tell me what it was yeah and i knew that You know, like my parents wouldn't buy it, Mm. but I knew it. And I thought now I know at least what I need to get over in order to end this pain because it got intense.
0: Great. Well, you know, that's uh, really awesome that you you had that moment as well. It's like the opposite of when you first had your panic attack. It's like your moment of, oh, there's something going on here, but then that pivotal moment of uh, relief that you felt was really must have been really powerful for you and yeah just another thing i want to just focus on a bit that it could be an issue for for quite a lot of people out there is that uh you know you you keep referring to this barrier that uh was created around you for for trying to get the help that you really desperately wanted and yeah just wanted to hear your views on um you know whether it's a generational thing or a cultural thing with uh, I I
1: think it I think it's both. Yeah. I think it's both.
0: Because um
1: you know, I notice it as well with with not just like my own family but others. Mm. They say the same thing. Um because I think it's just because like the the, the cultural thing, it kinda of makes sense because, you know, the man's supposed to be strong, blah blah blah. You know, nothing's ever meant to be ever be wrong. But with the generational thing, our parents grew up in a very positive way, I saw, like in the that cold war era. Mm. You know, like everything was kind of booming, you know, the nothing kind of was going bad. Um and that meant you could never not be happy. Mm. And, you know, it's the same. Like I, I see a lot of parents, like they will never admit that they're not happy, but you can see it. Whereas our generation are quite open about not being happy and whatnot. Um, but that's what I noticed. Yeah. And and it's, you know, it's a bit, yeah. You know, I, I can only really speak from my point of view though.
0: Yeah, I I do sense that there is a lot more generational awareness coming through with our generation, definitely, and maybe the Generation X as well. They, you know, there's a lot more mental health awareness, and right. maybe our parents' generation, you know, they because the um the whole psychology field it was still quite new right. around the time when you know they were they were in school and all that so i think that's probably one factor there's probably a, a lot of different factors but definitely generational i find right. for sure
1: yeah uh, it was also um because back in the day when i hear parents uh, my parents talk about uh stories about suicide mm. it's always the person either had a drug problem or a gambling problem mm. it was never because they just felt sad in the way that they would put it yeah, And, you know, that, that I think has changed because they noticed then like people in our generation don't have those issues yeah. and they're doing it. Mm. And that's, I think, what really shook them to the core because, yeah, every time they told me about like a person committed suicide, it would always be they had gambling issues. So they are in a lot of debt. You know they had drug issues, and no one was there to help them either and um yeah, and also I think um a lot of it had with the generation kind of uh gap is that I think when our parent when our parents had us, they also probably thought that um well i th- uh, my theory anyway is that they thought for instance you know how um they would give you lollies and whatnot and they'll be like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, you're a kid. You can eat what you want. Um, you can kind of do what you want because you're a kid. You're per- you're a perfect being. There's n- there could never be anything wrong with you. Yeah. And I think now we're noticing that, that, you know, kids can have problems too. And oh boy, can they have problems. Mm. And if we catch it early, then I think it would save a lot of people, a lot of, you know, heartache in the future and a lot of you know maybe stop this in the tracks because that's what i noticed around me when i was growing up is that you know um you know kids could eat what they want they can do whatever they want and they'll still be healthy Mm. you know they they weren't allowed so if if that was their um you know even though that was physical imagine being like mental you know they wouldn't have grasped this yet Mm. so
0: But yeah, that's really interesting points that you're sharing there.
1: Well, from what I noticed, you know, someone might have a completely different view. Absolutely.
0: It's your perspective. Correct. Yeah. Well, thanks for bringing that to the table. I just want to ask you, so what diagnosis did you end up receiving and how did your life change after you were diagnosed?
1: Um, Well, for the first time, yeah, because then when we forward up a bit, um, that's when I got uh, in 2014 is when I got diagnosed with depression. But mm. after that doctor, doctor's appointment in 2009, after all, all that when my dad left the office, uh, he diagnosed it as uh, anxiety and panic disorders mm-hmm. and, and all that sort of stuff. And what was the other part, sorry? I don't know.
0: Uh, how did your life change after you were diagnosed? It
1: improved a lot because i knew exactly what the problem was mm. and i was so over being in pain mm. i was so over it i've been begging to see a doctor you know to to tell me what was wrong and yeah so then because i knew what it was i was able to then try to conquer it mm. and when i came back here after cuz shortly after um that appointment, we moved back to Australia. And when I came here, I saw a doctor here. He said the same thing. So I knew that it was something serious. Mm. And he then referred me to a psychiatrist and we dealt with it. Okay. In, in those uh, sessions.
0: All right. So you, um, you were on um, the therapy and, and treatment correct. combination. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so what was easier after you received your diagnosis for you?
1: Pretty much the same answer. Like it's, yeah. you know, I, I knew what was wrong and I mm. knew that there was steps in order to um, take care of the problem. And it then showed me, which I still uh, thought that I still keep with me today is that my mind is more powerful than, than people think it is. Mm. You know, I think that's for everyone because if it can affect you, physically you know and and emotionally and spiritually it's a really powerful thing Mm. and so you got to learn how to take care of it and that's what that showed me that you can't just sweep it under the rug and just kind of focus on just you know being uh, physically healthy you have to be healthy spirit spiritually and mentally as well Mm. in order for it to like really work
0: so it gave you a new perspective and value definitely yeah
1: because i never thought about that before yeah
0: so ah, it's yeah. good it's good that you had this epiphany on on life yeah yeah so what what was more difficult for you after you received the diagnosis if anything um well when i was diagnosed with
1: depression it was a lot harder because i was like oh here we go again like i have to deal with something brand new. Mm. And that was a lot different than having panic attacks. Because when I was, you know, when I had that, it was sort of just like I would just like shake all the time. I would just be tired constantly but still very alert. You know, I, I would never be able to relax. But with with depression uh when when I heard that I had that, uh man I was like, oh, I've got. It. I knew I had I, it, because it it seemed sim somewhat similar to having anxiety, but but yeah. very different in a way. Very very down, very empty. You don't feel much, mm. and so when I heard that, it kind of made it worse. But when I heard the other one, because it was more of a physical pain that I was feeling, I was very relieved. Yeah, but but I wasn't very happy to
0: hear. I was diagnosed with depression. Why is that exactly?
1: Well, because at the time I knew, I, I knew it already and I felt it, mm. but knowing it, I didn't have the energy or I didn't think I would have the will to really defeat it. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't constantly bugging me. It was more of a, a passive one. It wasn't like an episode mm. one the depression kind of never went away. The anxiety can kind of relax itself at times. Yeah. But the depression was just there. Mm. It, it it kind of like was attached to you. Mm. If that kind of makes sense.
0: It's that whole um, black dog sort of. Yeah. Analogy. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so that way it was a lot harder to deal with it because, you know, I, I knew I had it and I knew I could probably defeat it again. Mm. But was the energy there? You know, uh, looking back now, f- knowing how I felt then, mm, it still kind of makes me tired think, putting myself back in those shoes. Mm. So, yeah, I yeah, definitely wasn't happy to hear it, but mm. I, I knew that at least there was something to defeat rather than just nothing.
0: Yeah, so it's, it would have been a big challenge for you to yeah. receive that diagnosis. Yeah,
1: and- it, was, it was a lot harder. So were you
0: you a bit worried after hearing that you had depression? No,
1: not really, because I knew that um, I was going to be in good hands. Mm. You know, um, I'm very, very, like I have a very good doctor and he referred me to someone very good Mm. to talk to around here. and But I knew that, you know, you know, the fifty percent would be there. I would just have to add the other fifty percent from my own half to defeat it, mm. and that's what I mean. I, I don't know if I had it at the time. I, I did in the end. I got through, but it was very hard.
0: Well, so. Congrats for for getting through. It's mm. it's a it's a really commendable achievement. For thanks, you know, a lot of people don't don't get through it. It's it's a, a terrible yeah. thing to have yeah. to deal with. So. It, it is you should you should be very proud of yourself that you yeah. got through it
1: i just i just hope that other people can now too mm. that's that's it it's a it's a terrible position to be in absolutely
0: very bad yeah um so i guess one thing that i want to just quickly mention is that you said you know it was 50% right to to defeat it was the treatment and 50% had to come from you right can you tell us a bit more about that well, I mean, we do live
1: in a country where, you know, we are taken care of, you know, in, in that medical field and they also identify it as, as an issue. Yeah. So they do put resources towards it. Mm. Um, and I experienced it before and, and I knew that if I went there, I would get better, mm. like because of what I dealt with before. But the other 50% is me actually going and turning up and and... You know taking the therapy sessions and whatnot seriously mm. you know rather than just kind of blowing it off and you you know, you you know what I mean yeah. like you have to also be there and and want to get better mm. um and that's the other fifty percent, but the other fifty is you know the the resources are there to get better mm. you just kind of have to click with it and and everything has to be a hundred percent to get over it. Yeah, and that's what I mean. So it's it's the fifty percent's there. You just got to add your other. You just got to want to do it yourself.
0: Yeah. Did you find it tricky to to add your own fifty percent to that equation?
1: Uh, at, at first, at first, you know, because I kind of didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to believe that I had another um, disorder to deal with, mm. but. So at first, yes, but then as I saw the improvements, it was fine because I started to get better. Mm. So I felt better after every session.
0: So that in itself right. motivated you to keep, keep going for it. Right,
1: because I was seeing results. Yeah, I really was. And yeah, I thought like I'll, I'll keep this going because I know that I, I can get better. And also I knew because of how the way I defeated anxiety before, mm. I knew then if I defeated that and I waited for that long and I didn't have any help and then I got help in the end, I mm. knew that I was going to be able to defeat this one. I just had to find the energy. Mm. That's that's it. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, yeah it, it, as you can see, you know, I, I defeated it. It was an achievement, but every time I look back to it, it does... Start to join me mm. because it was not an easy t- time to be alive.
0: No, no, I, I bet. Um, so two things I want to mention there. Um, so I guess just like with anything in life, one of the biggest steps is to to have that initial, you know, drive to to overcome. It's like a a barrier that you just don't want to do something, and right. then once you get the ball rolling. You see results. You, you're a bit more motivated. Then, right. Then it's sort of downhill from there. Is that sort of what? what yeah. speaks out? Yeah. And
1: it? and but by this time as well, my parents then uh, acknowledged the fact that mental illness was a, a real thing. Hmm. So when I told them about it, uh, they did accept it. You know, mm. they said, "We're here for you." Um, you know, uh, as as I told my whole family, basically, when I got diagnosed, it was written there. And, um, yeah, obviously, I felt defeated telling them, but they all just said, you know, we're here for you, you know, whenever you need us, blah, 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 blah. Mm.
0: So that's that's good to hear there was a, a turnaround right. in the perspective of it.
1: Right. And, um, yeah, it's unfortunate that, like, a few people, Outside of that whole like gambling or or drug problem, as I said before, Mm. like a a few young people by then committed suicide, Mm. and then my parents started to really turn their head and go, well, you know, you know, he Panyo was telling the truth, yeah, and so he's not going to lie about this, Mm. and you know, so on and so forth.
0: Yeah, I guess like everyone from that community when these things happened, uh, really opened their eyes, I suppose. Right. So uh, I think obviously it's a terrible thing, but some good can come out of it. You know, we can talk about it more and, and be more accepting of, of these that's situations. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I want to just quickly get your views on how you think your diagnosis is perceived Perceived by people in society. So, you know, you must have heard me talking about this with Tara a little bit and just want to see yeah. your views on how depression and anxiety might be.
1: When when I had anxiety back um, from the turn of this decade, when I told everyone what I actually had, everyone abandoned me because mm. they just thought I was seeing a, a therapist, I was insane. Mm you know and uh it, it was kind of hard you know like cuz also um you know I was moving around heaps and you know like my mind was just all over the place and yeah. yeah so you know also me trying to express the point that I that I had one that that I had an illness uh people just kind of weren't buying it you know I remember saying to my dad also over Skype while he was still over in the Ukraine That I was going to see a therapist to get better, he sort of mushed up his face and was like, oh, oh God. Mm. But if I said I was seeing it, when I said I was seeing a therapist when I had depression in 2014, which was like five years later, everyone was for it. Mm. So everyone was like, yeah, okay, go get better, instead of, oh, you don't need this. Oh, it's not true. It's not real. So, but I can't say how it would be now, but I could only assume that it's gotten better.
0: Yeah. So in your people in your immediate life. Right. Because
1: of the two different separate times and diagnoses, like I'm only speaking from what I experienced then, Mm. but it was, I was happy to see that it it had improved Mm. because that meant there were people were coming out and, and seeking help and, you know, something was being done about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I guess maybe the people around you had preconceived ideas about mental right. illness right. when you had your anxiety issues.
1: Right. So everyone kind of saw it as like I was going to wear a straight jacket in, yeah. in a month's time or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Whereas I didn't feel like that. mm. You know, I didn't want to be like that. And as you probably know, I'm not the type to really just like bring attention to myself constantly. Mm. But I needed help. You know what I mean? And and I was more or less, you know, like I was I felt so good when I when I kicked it to the curb, Mm. you know, and I wasn't in pain anymore. I felt like I could actually go and live a normal life now. So I didn't really care what they thought in the end. Because I was like, I'm getting better. I don't have to live with this pain, this physical pain mm. as well as mental. It's mm. it's squished. You know, it still kind of kicks up from day to day. Yeah. I still kind of get it from like present day. but it's very rare compared to then. Then it would be like daily almost from memory. Mm. It was a lot. Okay. So, but now it would be like very stressful times, or if I'm not sleeping enough, but that's very rare.
0: Mm. So, okay. Well, could that shift in perspective be attributed to, you know, when you had the anxiety, you had therapy and treatments, mm. um, and then your family and those around you seeing that it did? make a positive impact on you. And then maybe that's why when the yeah. depression came around, they were more open to the yeah, idea.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And I think it also opened them up to the idea if they ever felt that way mm. and not to feel that they feel any less of a human. Yeah. Because that's basically how, you know, these traditional backgrounds make you feel mm. that you're just, you're worthless because you can't deal with your own problems. Mm. And uh yeah so this kind of showed them it, it broke a barrier. You know, I think someone needed to to break it. Mm. And you know, I was I didn't kind of put my hand up. I was just there, you know, I had to deal with it. Yeah. So
0: yeah, it was yeah. a learning experience for De- everyone. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely.
1: It definitely opened everyone's eyes up because they would say it was it was strange like they would see me in one way. I would tell them this information without any change. Mm. and they would then react differently. And it's like, well, I'm still me. (laughs) Like, you know, but that's all changed now. Mm. Definitely, it's all changed.
0: That's great to know that you broke that barrier, man. Yeah, I'm I'm proud. You should be, absolutely. So uh, one question I've got as well is, who or what got you through the most difficult times?
1: Listening to my music, definitely, mm. because um, I would probably say the most, yeah, you know, how everyone um that has these problems usually says that they were surrounded by uh friends and family that helped, but everyone sort of ran ran away from me, they, mm. they as I was saying, so I had nowhere else to turn, and no one ever knew that this was a real thing. everyone thought I was just doing it to get attention. Yeah. Which was the complete opposite, I just wanted to kind of be left alone mm. um, so definitely, I don't think there there wasn't any one in particular apart from probably the doctors and the medical profession professional people because mm. I couldn't also open up to anyone back then, you know, like as I said, everyone was pretty distant, yeah, and so definitely I think my only only thing to do is just listen to music and, and just escape and, and play games and just kind of learn how to deal with it by myself. Mm. So, which is weird because I don't really know I, if there's anyone out there that has as well. You know, everyone says that they're friends and family, but they weren't there at the time. And mm. you, I can't blame and I don't keep it against them because they didn't understand. But fast forward to today, whenever I get into a problem, I kind of like to deal with it by myself. Mm. I don't like people intervening with them now. I'm I'm more withdrawn, and mm. that's how I just learned how to cope with it. Yeah. So it, it, I know it's like a reversal of what people usually say, but it worked for me. Mm. It, I mean, it really did.
0: You just need to find that that thing that works for you, like correct. You know, yeah. So, so if
1: it felt weird when people always say, "Oh, I had I had that support," I was like. Oof. Mm not not for me but you know mm. in the end i don't think of myself as being better because i didn't have the support it just wasn't there it just wasn't a resource at the
2: time yeah
1: so every time i do get into these episodes and whatnot i have to be left alone i i can't do with people around mm. so that's that's just how it is
0: yeah yeah
1: i've I've tried i've let them in before around those times and they they haven't made it better mm. um you know so it's just I have to deal with it by myself.
0: That's, yeah. that's that. You're a lone wolf. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so would you do anything differently? And if so, what?
1: Well that's oh that's what I ask myself. Uh every time I defeat it, you know, what can I actually do differently? Mm. And um and what I tell myself is as soon as I see these symptoms starting to really eat into my life, that I kind of can't keep them under control, I just go and get help straight away. Yeah. I don't kind of macho macho it out or, you know, try like soldier through it. Mm-hmm. I just go and get the help just in case. Yeah. So I can just get better and just keep getting back on track with things. Mm. So, and... uh yeah, that's what. So every time, that's what I do differently. I do ask that question, so I don't get into the same pattern and go down the slippery slope again. Yeah. So that. So every time, that's probably what I. W- I use that question to go forward, mm-hmm. not just at the time what I would have done there. Yeah. Because those things sort of just happen. I and I don't think I could have done anything differently. Okay. In in a way, like you know, I couldn't get the help and all that sort of stuff. So. I, I did what I could, but now I use that and go, if I feel that way, I'm going to take it forward that way. But yeah. yeah, I couldn't really change anything then. So, okay.
0: so you're definitely a lot more sure of yourself and what you're doing. Right. When, when it happens to you.
1: Right. I, I reflect a lot. I'm, I'm very introverted. So mm. I really pay attention to like my own needs. Yeah. So I make sure that I'm okay to, to progress forward. Okay. So if I feel that sort of way, yeah. know, mm. like I, I, take that time off or, you know, go get the help that I need, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And then that way, hopefully one day I don't ever have to need that help again. Mm. So, But, yeah, that's that's what I do different. Mm.
0: Self-awareness is key.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to, to bring up with you was something that I had talked about with Tara briefly. Mm. Um, do you find it difficult to as a guy being able to open up to not just to other guys, but to anyone in it's, general.
1: It's strange. It's actually really strange that when, um, she said that her, uh, uh, brother, um, you know, like found it difficult as well, or they would just say like stupid shit to each other mm. at, at first. Yes. Because then, um, I saw that, you know, like it was hard to do it, mm. but m- Fast forward to today, I, I don't think so, no. Um, The reason for it is because I'm very sure of myself when it comes to these sort of things. Yeah. And so I'd rather let people know what's going on because they know that it's a real thing. Mm. And I think it's the communication rather than, oh, I'm just feeling bad. You're like, you know what, I actually went to the doctor and the doctor diagnosed me, uh, diagnosed me with this. Mm. Or or multiple things. It doesn't. Who knows? And I think that's what you need to do. You need to actually like have a have a ground backing as to why you're bringing it up, and then you need to let everyone know in in a matter that they can understand. And I think that's the problem. I don't think people know how to talk about it correctly. Yeah. And that's the difference because when um I I also work in a blue collar job. Yeah. And When things got too hectic last year when I was studying um, full-time and I was also working six days, but my online course was – I also had to go into class as well at the same time. Mm. And by the end of it, it got too much after the six months and I had a panic attack and I was really tired. like I was exhausted afterwards, but I wasn't so distressed because I knew what happened. And when I called up my work, they then said, okay, we understand, Um, we'll give you a week off. Go do what you need to do and just keep us updated. Mm. And when I told all the people that I worked with, when they asked where I went, I told them exactly what happened. They said, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm ready to work. I'm happy to be back with you guys. And we went on with it. Mm. However, I didn't open up and talk about opening with them, but I just notified them as to what was happening. Yeah. So the people in the office, the people that I worked with, you know, they, uh, you know, down on the floor, they all understood, and I was like, "Whoa, you know," because a lot of people usually say, "Nah, nah, nah," oh, he's just having a whinge, Like in in that sort of environment, but mm. that wasn't the reality for me. They they accepted it, like so, you know, they they genuinely were like, "Okay, do what you need to do, and come back." Mm. So when I heard that, I was actually I wasn't surprised because it's it's a it seems to be a common thing, mm. but it's not in my reality. No, mm. they they seem to really care about this.
0: So it's not an issue for you at all. No way. Okay.
1: I, I can I, I, yeah, it, no way. It, I can open up to it. Okay. It's I think because I know how to communicate it well. So yeah, like I know how to really get that point across that like I'm not feeling well. You know, and also I use the um, I go to the doctor before I make such claims as well. Yeah. So.
0: Mm. Okay. It's an interesting point of view. Um, so I'll probably ask some other male guests what their yeah their def- view is on definitely, it opening definitely. up because I do think it's it's an issue for a lot of males in particular. Right. As yeah. you said earlier, you know, you don't want to. You've learnt to not be macho or whatever and to, to have to put up a front and that you ha- you have to be real with your feelings.
1: Right. And if I wasn't, I don't know if I'd still be here today. Mm. So that's why it's important to do it. And, you know, like if I didn't have that time off work, you know, who knows what could have happened. Yeah. And so they understood and that's what I mean. Like, it, it but it wasn't hard. And, you know, yeah. even though it's a very like macho culture they you know they they took it and they were like yeah for sure yeah you know like go do what you need to go get better
0: it's good to know that there's awareness in the workplace it's something that you know tara had issues with with her yeah
1: i I was really surprised i was like in in that industry yeah 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. it it was interesting to hear all, all her views on that so uh, what What advice would you give to someone who who has the same or similar diagnosis who might be listening to this and maybe they're going through a difficult patch right now
1: first and foremost is go see a medical professional you You really want them to they're the ones that are going to identify the problem and they're the best at doing what they do yeah and then from there. Follow the steps and advice of what they recommend. Mm. And after that, then I would say on a personal level after that, sp- do what you need to do in order to get better. Yeah. So if um let's say your friends are calling you a pussy because you're not coming out with them because you're feeling blue, mm. let them. Because if they're really your friends, they would understand and leave you alone and And let you rest up, so you know, and really find yourself and who you are, so you know what works for you, mm. because this is not one size fits all type type of issue
0: yeah that's so. that's really good advice it's uh, I guess a common theme with you is to just be true with yourself and your feelings right. and and learn to recognize your feelings and you know just stand strong with what's going on with you.
1: That's it, and you you need that in order to really like kick it to the curb and and progress forward. Mm. You really do.
0: By the way, I love the the language you use when you you're talking about overcoming. You, you say defeat it. I sort of picture you being like a, a warrior, <laughs> like with oh, a yeah. sword. And yeah, right. Yeah. It's it's like a dragon you yeah. got to slay. That's it. Yeah, yeah. like. uh what's his name that barbarian that uh, Conan yeah Conan the barbarian that like that sort of thing he like I defeated it that's it I think that sounds really epic Mm. yeah Yeah. (laughs) Um, so now the question what what do you think or what do you wish someone had told you in your most difficult periods uh, or when you were younger
1: It 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 sounds kind of you know whatever, but I wish someone would have just told me what was happening with me. Mm. <laughs> you know that that's all I really wanted. I just wanted someone to tell me what what the hell was wrong with me. Yeah, um, and that was pretty much it. I I can't think of anything else. Yeah, because as I said, I I usually like I I learn how to deal with this without any because every time someone said something to me in, you know, back then. It was always something really stupid or negative, you know, because they didn't understand what was going on, neither did I. Mm. And so, yeah, definitely. Like, I just wish someone would have told me what was going on.
0: Yeah, so that's definitely, I I really got the sense of that, um, that the uncertainty was, was one of the most challenging things for you when you were a kid first dealing with the anxiety. Right,
1: because you don't know much about, you know, life in general. Yeah. And then you're getting told that you're faking this when Mm. you know it's very real. So, Mm. yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I guess that, that sort of backs up you trying to get that help, the professional help. There was barriers for you, but if you have the chance, if there's something going on for you, then don't hesitate to go get the help. That's it. That's it. Mm.
1: Because we're lucky we're in a country where we're able to get that help. Absolutely. We have access to that help. Yeah. You know, and um, we just need to realize this, you know, not a lot of people, you know, take advantage of it that that need need to. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, you know, you just got to think about all the other people that don't. So just just consider yourself lucky that you do because, like for instance, in my store, I couldn't go unless it was with my, with my parents. Mm. So I could only imagine everyone else that needed to go that couldn't, and there were adults. Yeah. So in places like America, for instance. Mm. So yeah, if everyone's out there that's listening, you'll go go see help. Yeah, if go you have the opportunity
0: help. and you need it, yeah, why not? That's it. Yeah. Okay, so we'll just move on to some some listener questions. I've Mm -hmm. got three today for you. So this one's from Alexia from Sydney. Mm -hmm. Um, She asks, how do you explain how anxiety feels to someone who's never experienced it?
1: Well, first thing that comes to mind is because the chest pains always stick out. So it's very painful. It's very confusing mm. because it's your first time. Like, uh, It's very stressful. It's very tiring. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a whirlwind in your mind and it just takes over your body and you just start to shake and you just lose control. Mm. And it feels like you've lost control. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really hard because nothing really compares to it. Mm. Mostly, I don't know, let's just say like freaking out would probably be the closest or being really worried and freaked out at the same time. Yeah. But picture that just happening all the time.
0: Mm.
1: Out of nowhere. You could be sitting at home and it would just happen yeah I guess and you're not
0: in danger. it's very incomprehensible right
1: yeah. so it's 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 really hard to explain, but i think after if if they study or they research up on anxiety and it does happen to them, they will know when it happens yeah they would def- i th- i think there's enough research out there for everyone to really grasp of how how it will feel but yeah it, it's something that you can't really explain unless you f- experience it yourself mm. but hopefully. They don't. Yeah. Hopefully.
0: Mm, Okay. So the next question is from Tara from the previous episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess you you sort of already hinted at this a bit, but uh, she wants to know, are you high-functioning depressed or low-functioning depressed? I was
1: very uh, low-functioning. Low-functioning. To the point where I didn't even enjoy, you know, I'm a big Simpsons fan and I didn't enjoy it.
0: It did get kind of bad. No, no, no,
1: no, not, not to that point. I, I <laughs> Like I'm the type that I can keep like uh, watching the old episodes oh, yeah, and I yeah. still do today. The good stuff. But when, yeah, right. Uh, but when it got around to that, um, when I was depressed and mm. how, I find, uh, how I kind of knew before I got diagnosed is I just wasn't really getting pleasure from anything that I used to do. Mm-hmm. Even something as little as just watching The Simpsons. I usually loved it, but I wasn't laughing. I wasn't really paying attention to it. Yeah, It just wasn't fun. Mm. And it's not because of the new episodes and whatnot, as people might think. <laughs> it was just I, just I just wasn't interested in anything. And yeah. that was kind of like the final straw. That's when I really had to wake up because I wasn't interested in playing PlayStation. I wasn't interested in doing anything. Mm. Yeah, you know, I was just always tired and if I didn't enjoy it, why do it? Yeah. Mm. So I was very, very low. I was I don't know how people could function mm. properly under depression. So I don't know how you could be a high functioning. It it that's weird. Mm.
0: Well, I guess But that, that's
1: my uh, from that's from my experience.
0: I guess that turns the tables on you that you you don't know how to comprehend. No, I can't really
1: answer the high, but you might find someone that does. Yeah. So, but for me, it's, it, that's very strange that that's even a a contrast because it's usually just really pulled towards one area and you're stuck there. Mm. So yeah, it, uh, yeah, very low. Mm. Okay.
0: Good question. Uh, The last listener question is from, pam from hawaii so aloha and uh she still she lives in in the netherlands now so yeah um so how do you feel around people when you are in a depressive period
1: yeah i i it sounds kind of cliche but i just i just hate everyone Mm. when i do Mm. i i don't want anyone around um Everything that really bothers me about them that I can kind of just brush off and not really care about really start to annoy me a lot more frequently. I'm a lot more on on edge when it comes to when I'm in those states when it comes to people being around. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, that's that's basically how I feel about them. But I know now that that's not the real way that i view them Mm. i just have to make sure that i get over it because in the end i keep telling myself look it's it's you that has has the problem not not them so you got to have to deal with it, and you'll be fine but Mm. yeah but when i'm in that state i just got to remind myself to say that but i don't really think highly of anyone because i just kind of withdraw and i just think like oh no one gets this no one understands me mm. uh, everyone's kind of out to out to get me you know because of this but that couldn't be like you know further from some truth so yeah
0: so it really warps your perception of people definitely yeah okay so i want to sort of move on and and put a positive twist on on you now mm-hmm. a lot more so w- what are you most proud of that you've accomplished so far
1: i' was, uh, I'm, I'm not too I'm not too sure I'm not too sure actually because I don't really look at things as achievements mm. I sort of just keep going yeah I don't really focus I kind of just do things and if it happens to be an achievement i I don't like to get myself too excited and or you know too unexcited because when that happens, I notice then it's harder to control my mind. Yeah, and so I never really looked at things that I'm, you know, proud of or where my achievements are, mm. uh, and it works for me. I know that mentality might seem weird, but it 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 works for me.
0: Mm. Well, if it works for you, yeah, then that's, that's then whatever. it. It's
1: hard to explain because everyone's like, "Well, what?" when they hear that. But yeah, people have asked me before. But I, I guess if I have to pick something, I would prob I would probably say, um. Yeah, def- defeating this, mm. it was it was hard, mm. I would, because if I didn't defeat this, I don't know if I, as I, I don't know if I would still be here to to achieve everything else. Mm. So, yeah, defeating okay. these two
0: Great. issues. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely something you should be proud of. I think we did mention that earlier. So, mm. yeah, very commendable. Um. What are you working towards at the moment
1: um uh, that uh, my project that that you're on as well
0: yeah music
1: definitely it's definitely a great outlet
0: yeah yeah definitely yeah, we great got a good outlet. thing happening there that's it yeah yep, do, you that's wanna, it. do you wanna do you want advertise yourself with the music? Uh, or
1: no, or? I would like to keep this uh based to to what the what the um topic is about at your show. All righty. In a musical one, then I would open up about that. But I, I would probably, I would like this to be, you know, kind of focused. Cause, um, of course. you know, I don't want it to go too off track. So That's fine. No. But thanks for the offer.
0: No worries. So where do you see yourself in a year's time? Do you see yourself doing the s- same old or?
1: It's it's weird that people ask me that because I train myself now with anxiety to not think ahead. Hmm. So I don't ask myself those questions because I could say one thing, try, go forward with it and I would probably stress myself out because I'm not heading in that particular direction. Mm. But I know that if I wake up every day and I sort of just live day by day correctly, I will get, sorry, I'll get to that point. Yeah. And... So I never say, oh, I want to be here in a year's time. I want to be there. I more flip it the other way around and go, oh, I've achieved that since last year. Mm. So I never really set myself goals because I know that I just keep achieving stuff. I wake up every day and I do something to work towards something. And then that sort of then breaks off to many other things. Yeah. And so it's it's too difficult to say, Mm. you know. I could I could even, you know, get in my car tomorrow and someone might run a red light and smash into me. You know what I mean? So mm. I don't really plan. I just kind of do things of what needs to be done in the moment. And that's also given me a lot more peace of mind because yeah. if I keep chasing the future or look uh, looking to the next year, um, I notice that it, it drives me insane and I'm not really in it enjoying it myself and my life in the moment um but that doesn't mean as well that i don't work towards anything and i just kind of just sit around and do nothing so mm. and i've actually achieved a lot more having that mentality rather mm. than just working towards that one goal because i can achieve anything i want to and i don't like to limit myself with time
0: okay so, so that works for you and and that yeah that's fine
1: that that's it yeah. I've had to really restructure my thinking in order to sort of, you know, be happy and really minimize the damage that these issues have done. Mm. So, mm. yeah, that's Great. why my answers are a bit you know,
0: <laughs> they're fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Um so what what do you hope for the future for you?
1: You know, I just I just hope that I don't or I can at least, because it's not, it's not going anywhere. I feel that it's still going to be around. Yeah. But it's just going to happen, uh, very, very occasionally. And I want to get it to the point where I defeat it, so I can really go and do extraordinary things. Mm. You know, like I've got all these courses that I studied for, my musical projects like that. You're part of, you know, um you know, and so on and so forth. And like, as you can see, I'm I'm not doing too, too bad. And I, if I can get this out the way, then I can really go and achieve, you know, anything. I, I know that I can, I know that like now, cause I know how to train my mind into focusing. Yeah. So when I really want something, I go and get it. Mm. I work towards, towards it. So I just hope that in the future that, These problems or these, you know, it seems to be happening, but I hope that they disappear forever. Mm. So then I can just continue on with my life and really put all this behind. Mm. And I also hope that um, everyone takes this more seriously. Yeah. So then we don't really have those heartbreaking phone calls. Mm. And messages and whatever have you, tweets and Facebook statuses. But for me, it's always a call. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I hope that those calls stop too.
0: Mm. That's a really important message to yeah. put out there. So thanks for that, mate. Yeah. Um, and I hope you you do achieve those things that you you're hoping yeah. to achieve. Um, I, I hope treasure. so too. Yeah. Um. So do you want to? Do you feel like? Getting another random question out or? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why why, why not? Why not? Just one. What do you got? I don't know. Not yet. Yeah,
1: not yet. There we go. All right, let's have a look. Who's the most famous person you've ever met?
0: Interesting
2: question. Met, hey. i don't know really
1: yeah i I, do you have any names i haven't really met anyone famous but hopefully hopefully actually in a bit uh, seeing as some of the artists i'm working with they're on their road to success yeah so hopefully if they do take off then i can come back and answer that but (laughs) Because the only person that comes to mind is one of the actors in uh, like Howzo's and Swift and Shift. I I see them around here all Mm. the time. So, uh, yeah, and I have a photo with one back back with one of the actors. Uh, I can't remember how long ago now, but, yeah, it would have to be one of those guys. I don't know. I haven't really met anyone famous.
0: Who are you hoping to meet if your music takes off?
1: I think if I meet T.I., I would probably... Scream like a little girl.
0: Okay. Yeah. I I hope someone films that. Yeah. T.I. I I I don't
1: don't hope that.
0: (laughs) I do. T.I., if you're listening, get over here, mate. We're waiting for you and I've got the camera ready to film his reaction.
1: (laughs) Hopefully I don't, but.
0: Yeah. Um. So one thing I like to do with every guest, I actually didn't have this prepared for you, it's a bit slack of me, but. What's your ultimate feel good song? Because we we like to promote feeling good as well. Yeah. So, w- what's your ultimate feel good song? Ultimate feel good, probably "Suki Suki"
1: now by Big Crit.
0: Okay. Well, the
1: the energy in that song—it's impossible to feel bad after you listen to that.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, what's the name again? Uh, Suki
1: Suki now by Big Crit and David Banner. All
0: right, look that up, everyone. Yeah, um, definitely. Do you do you have Do you happen to have it with you now so we can listen um, to a second? Yep. I've
1: I've got it on my computer. On your computer? Yeah. Well,
0: we will go off and listen to it later, but I recommend you guys listen to it now. Definitely. It's well, not right. now. We're not finished yet. Maybe yeah. when yeah. you finish this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's one final thing you would want people listening to this to take away if you have anything else to add?
1: Um, basically just it, it's kind of like think about it like having a smoke alarm in your house and how they try to tell you to get ready for the summer months because mm. uh, like, you know, best case scenario, your house will never burn down, but it might. And I feel the same way with mental health is you might not think it will happen to you, Mm. but it might creep up on you. And if it does just have a plan in case, so you know how to defeat it. Yeah. But I can't really recommend exactly what to do because as I said, everyone's different. Mm. You know, some people might, uh, you know, need to write down notes on their phone. Some people might actually need a, secret holiday or you know something like that so i can't really say but just have a plan in case you know know your your resources around you that sort of stuff
0: Mm. so yeah that's a great final message um and yeah definitely the point that tara brought up as well it's very individualized it is the way you deal with stuff so definitely figure out what works for you it is and uh yeah good good advice to have a plan in place yeah
1: it, it's it's important i think that absolutely that's not what people need now.
0: yeah I think. totally well that's uh all the questions i got for you and it's mm-hmm. it's been really good chatting to you uh, yeah, i really too, appreciate too. you opening up to me and oh, anytime hearing your story it's it's been enlightening for me because because you're a good mate of mine and uh
1: i don't think i've even told you any of this before no so yeah.
0: it's been been really good to to hear from you and
1: well you know it it was a bit bit hard getting it all out and going through all this again but it's it's for a good cause so
0: absolutely thanks very much mate no worries um well that's everything thank you very much for listening to this episode make sure to like and and subscribe on facebook and i've also got this out on itunes now i guess that might make it easier for a lot of people so Mm -hmm. make sure you type in cats out of the basket on iTunes and Podbean, if you're if you're into that, but uh, make sure you like and subscribe any way you can. Leave us comments, and hope you got something out of this. And thanks very much for listening, as always. Bye.